It is Wednesday, February 17th, which means it's time for Steve Sachs intro. I am Scott Bunn. And I am Tom Chalmers, and this is your Indie Sports Radio. We're here. See, like, we're ready to talk about sports, but this is our first week without the NFL in a long time. And I have to admit, it feels a little weird. It does. It, it's strange. It is, uh, we, we forget how much football holds the center of our sports universe. That's um, right. So we will be talking about that. We uh, we are in the midst of a really uh, cool English Premier League season. We'll be talking with our old friend Jeff Carnavale in a few minutes. We'll be talking about that and previewing uh, the next round of the Champions League, which is going to be starting very soon. So I'm excited about that. But yeah, we're without football. So it's like, hey, sports. So I have to admit that my... Um, I feel a little unmoored by the the lack of football um, because, like, during the pandemic, I might have talked about this in past episodes, but it was, like, something to plan around, you know? Like, there's, like, a tentpole um, that we set up a sort of structure around, if I can continue that metaphor or analogy. But like, okay, we know that there's something happening Sunday afternoon. And yeah, if there's things on Saturday night or Sunday night or Monday night or Or late Wednesday afternoon. Yes. Like, great. All of that is good. But uh, without the NFL, I'm a little bit like, Wait, I I kind of was into a good routine here. Not sure what to do. Yeah. Uh, When we first started doing the show during the quarantine times, um, (laughs) we would often ask each other, how are you filling your sports hole? Yeah. Um, And it was a lot of documentaries and classic games and otherwise. But now it is, how are you filling your football void? And uh, there are things. It's not like there is lack of sports. I mean, there's still... (laughs) how weird it is that, you know, top college basketball teams will go two to three weeks without playing a game because of, you know, health protections. It's just weird how normal that is. But still, there's a lot of sports going on, but it just doesn't have that gravitational pull of of football and all that goes with it. Yeah, and, you know, again, we're seeing the uh, impacts of COVID on sports, Um, you know, not to make light, of course, of the impact of – you know, deadly virus that is killing many, many people in this world, in this country. Uh, And so it feels a little bit weird to be like, "Eh, the Sabres were off for two weeks. That's, you know, boo-hoo, you know. But at the same time, you know, like, we were like, you know, my favorite hockey team is the Sabres. We noticed that the Sabres were going to be playing like a 6.30 game on like a Tuesday evening. And we were like, perfect. We can we can catch some of that. And then it was like, wait, it's not on. It's not on. Wait, what's happening? And so it is... Uh, it is a little bit strange, as you said. So we've we saw it in college basketball. We're seeing it in the NHL, the NBA, um, just lots of like, okay, we're without a game here, so guess we're watching the Cavs tonight. You know, I know that NHL owners would claim that they're already losing so much money already, but I, the Winter Classic is always such a fun thing. It's when you know, like one game a year, they play outdoors. They'll mm-hmm. maybe play it in a stadium or at a college, you know, venue or otherwise. Uh, again, I know that doesn't make uh, things easier, but uh, more games outside. Yeah. Because they're like so that. fun to watch. Yeah. How about NBA games outside? Like, yeah. seriously, like, let's have, you know, the Lakers play outside of Staples. You know, it's warm there. Uh, that would be awesome. On the deck of an aircraft carrier. <laughs> yeah. Well, they did that a few years ago. Like a college game. Yeah. It was, it was fun yeah, to watch. But, like, that, that's okay. So, Tom, how are you filling your NBA hole or your NBA? Uh, well, the NFL void. Um, there's there's things in that yeah so for me I love tennis so we will hopefully talk about the Australian Open at some point but uh, one thing I get I, yeah I miss football games I miss just the, you know remarkable plays and uh, mm-hmm. just how talented so many of the players are uh, but I really look forward to the games coming back instead yeah. of just covering the NFL 
which is just talking to different players who all think that they are Tom Brady now. And they're like, well, I want to have a team that just is full of free agents. And then I can just change over to in a year and win the Super Bowl. So everyone yeah. like, yeah, that was sort of specific. I did hear a statistic that, yeah, all the players who scored touchdowns for Tampa Bay were signed after Tom Brady was brought yeah. on. Yeah. So they were all Tom Brady. Yeah. Like, yes, get, get me that player kind of thing. So now all these players who have been known for just being just the best guys ever are like, well, I'm not happy with the makeup of our team now. And again, this is where Scott says, you know, you can turn it off. You don't have to watch sports show after sports show. But the way to which they cover it, because just silly. So, you know, Aaron Rodgers, again, your team was one game from the Super Bowl. You know, right. so I don't know if I like the makeup of my team kind of thing. And I want the best for everybody. I want all teams to be so great. I keep mentioning all I ever want is the... Rams Chiefs game from Monday night from two seasons ago, right. 51. That is what I want from all teams. So I hope that everybody gets what they want for Christmas kind of thing. But it is just silly. You're like, yeah. Or you could be in Jacksonville, you know, like, yeah, right. but everyone's like, I, I want more say. I want my team to be, you know, now Russell Wilson this week. I'm tired yeah. of getting hit and everything. Yes, he has gotten hit than more than any quarterback during a certain, you know, slice of career. Um, but same thing, like you won your division. You yeah. went to the playoffs. Like you have it pretty good. And a they lot. won a won a Super Bowl within five years. Yeah. So it's not like it was twelve years ago or something like that. Like, and so yeah, I'm not sure what Russell Wilson's end game there is. I feel like his contract is pretty big, but I, I mean, maybe he truly does want what he wants, which is like, please get me some support on the offensive sure. line. And maybe that's fine. And he's like, look, I've been a good sport this whole time. So it's time for me to just push back. But yeah, it feels a little bit weird. I mean, we're about to, so yes, we've got complaining that's happening right now, but the NFL free agency will happen in a few weeks. And that's always fun. I always yeah. enjoyed that. But we're coming up on a weird free agency because, like, the NFL salary cap, because they make so much money every year, has just been going up, you know, for however many years. And teams have always just planned on that. But this year, because of COVID, because of the pandemic, there's just less revenue. So the, so the cap is actually going down. And so a good portion of the league is over the cap um including all the best teams um and so there's going to be a lot of weirdness that's going to happen in a few weeks and i don't know if the players are going to like cut a deal so that like this class of free agency doesn't lose a whole lot of money because there's the potential that they will but um it, it's going to be weird it's this is going to be a weird year I expect there are always going to be some level of complaining and posturing, but as long as, okay, but three to four days later, they have to go play and yeah. either they prove their point or um, however, but just without the games to sort of balance the bickering, yeah. uh, yes. it does make you actually want to read or go out on the porch. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, uh, and, and I don't know if, if this is just a comparison uh, are NFL players maybe being a little bit more vocal in terms of like what they see happens in the NBA? Like the, this has been happening for a, a few years now, a long time, I think, with the NBA, but has really shifted into a higher gear with teams being like, I want my players being like, I want my own team or I want to go play with this team and this team only. We saw James Harden move to the Nets um, because of this kind of thing. So maybe the NFL players are being like, hey, the the guys over in the NBA are doing it. I want to try it too. While we are mostly so lucky to live during the time of Tom Brady and LeBron James. Yeah. You know, just greatness on constant display for an extended period of time. But them being like, I want to hop teams and just, you know, give birth to instant franchises. Like it's sort of specific, you know, when yeah. you are, if not the, one of the greatest players ever, if you're in that next year, you're like, I want to be like, well, you don't, you don't, you don't get to do that. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Russell Wilson, I, I feel like he's brought the franchise a Super Bowl victory. So he can he can push some pressure. But yeah, his fear like Mitch Trubisky. I don't know. I'm just pulling a name out of the hat. It's like, um, settle down, Mitch. Like, you know, you got to kind of do what you can. Um, this one just weird thing is, one of the names that I keep seeing that people are interested in are Mar- is Marcus Mariota, who's was backup for yeah. the Raiders this past year. And so there there've been some sort of rumors about like he might be the quarter that quarterback that Bill Belichick wants in New England. Um, and there might be some other teams. So and that's interesting. Um, you know. Derek Carr, uh, I almost called him David, so that's why I'm laughing. But Derek Carr had a solid good year um, for the Las Vegas Raiders. But it feels like he wasn't really the reason why they didn't make the playoffs. Um, you know, but anyways, it's just interesting that Mariota is is the one that's being kind of teased yeah. out there. Well, one, I love that you've turned Derek Carr into rural juror. But... <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I hope as as a, a Raiders fan, uh, John Gruden definitely knows quarterback talent and was a really yeah. smart signing. And uh, for the few games that he had to step in, he played pretty well. And you weren't pretty like, cool. who is this guy? What? You know, yeah. like we were saying about random uh, Rams, backup quarterbacks and otherwise. <laughs> right. uh, but yeah, I would love it if you could turn that into a solid second round draft pick or, you know, yeah. pick a nice player from someone's secondary. Um, yes. But I get the feeling that Gruden's going to be like, no, I want all the quarterbacks. <laughs> right. Uh, I think he still wants uh, Nathan Peterman. Uh, like he wants to be the guy to turn Nathan Peterman <laughs> into an NFL quarterback. Um, qu- we have just a couple of minutes before we want to take a break. Um, just quickly wanted to ask about um, – the NBA and the Boston Celtics, if that's been part of your void, uh, maybe not because as the NFL ended, that seems to be when the Celtics have hit a bit of a swoon. So maybe you're kind of like, I don't need that team in my life right now. Maybe I need to take a hike. Uh, As we're we're getting ready for the show and I was thinking about saying, I was knowing that I was going to do exactly what I was just pointing to. Uh, for players, which is my favorite team, the Boston Celtics, went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year and you know, right. came pretty close to making it to the finals. So only really two other teams have more to point to to be proud of than my favorite team. So to be here being like, it's we're two months in and they're 500 and you're wasting the talent. But, um, so I'm like, oh, oh, boo-hoo. Oh, only reaching the Eastern Conference Finals isn't good enough for you. But it is frustrating that yeah. I don't feel like there was uh, evolution with mm. this great young talent. And, you know, I talk, you know, they have all these picks and we have all these great guys we've brought in. But, like, yeah, they're high round draft picks. So they're only going to be good energy guys, not true talent. And yeah. I just haven't seen... Danny Ainge figure out how to bring in uh, a free agent um, mm-hmm. to you know, lift them. I'm not saying you want to gut the team the way that the Brooklyn Nets decided. Well, you just have to have, if you have a chance to reunite um, right. these players. But uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just a little disappointed that I'm sort of looking at a team going, hmm. This is yeah. it. And it just feels to me, I have made this specific. So uh, Kemba Walker is... Uh, for me, what Sterling was for were Manchester City, which I'm always mm-hmm. just like, mm. I'm always yeah. just sort of noticing the mistakes kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I was like, well, if you keep looking for that and don't notice, like he did score 24 points, you know, <laughs> right. sort of have yeah. a, a costly turnover at the end of the game. But I, I have, in my mind, decided Kemba Walker needs to be traded for mm. a tall, energy, you know, forward kind of character. Um, yeah. And... Until that happens, I think I'm just going to judge every game, no matter what they do. Is yeah, yeah. I, I it is uh, it is interesting that you know Daryl Morey first with the Houston Rockets and now GM um, or in charge of picking players, whatever that title equates in Philadelphia. He's he's really famous for being like, well, here we'll just sign this guy, and he's going to shoot really well and do. And you're like, how does he just do that? How does he just pull somebody 
um, how does he just pull somebody off of the scrapyard and he gets immediate like uh, 20 minutes and uh, yeah, 15 points, you know, seven rebounds and a lot of good energy off the bench, you know? Uh, yeah. So that's what I've been looking at. And there, you know, it's not the star of the team, but you notice when Marcus Smart isn't playing, it's just a different, it's a different team. I think so. I they, think you're right. Their defensive efficiency drops and assists go away. So I miss Marcus Smart. I'll, I'll, yeah. How about I'll say a nice thing. I miss he'll Marcus be, Smart. He'll be back. As we talked about at the beginning, um, how are you filling your football void? The big answer that I would say is with football, with real football, which is soccer. Uh, and when we turn to soccer, we like to bring in an old friend, Jeff Carnavale, who is truly our senior soccer slash football correspondent. Welcome back, Jeff. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. It's uh, good to see you all. It's, uh, it's been a while. So thanks for having me on the show again. It has. Yeah, it's really nice to see you. And uh, you are joining us from the Texas area still? Yes, from the frozen tundra of Dallas, Texas. It was <laughs> 14 degrees was the high today. Wow. It, yeah, we're having an unusual spell of weather here. I think it's my comeuppance for picking on everybody up north when it's so nice down here. Usually, <laughs> we got a week of like a couple snowstorms and frigid weather, so we're uh, getting ours. Get to this the week. soccer, but I, I know you're you're a runner. Uh, how low do you go? Um, oh yeah, that's a <laughs> good question. <laughs> um, I have usually. It's funny the the. Asheville Marathon, the very first Asheville Marathon on the Biltmore Estate. I ran that one. It was 22 degrees with a wind chill factor in the single digits. And we talk, I took a brief walk today when the sun came out in the afternoon. I was thinking about that and thinking, wow, I wouldn't do that today. Uh, why did I do that eight years ago or whatever? So, yeah, I'm, I'm about the – I think I'll go mid to, mid-20s probably, but no lower. Uh, that's solid. That's uh, solid bona fides there. Well, <laughs> let's uh, turn to the world of football. Um, so we want to talk about the uh, about the Champions League, and we'll be doing that in a few minutes. But we're going to start with the Premier League, and maybe we could just start with your favorite team, Arsenal. Um, and I know that you like to uh, make fun of some other teams, and like to you you uh, enjoy seeing the frustrations of other teams but this has been a weird year for arsenal like some years uh, some games i'm like gosh this team is just not good not good at all and then I, then they string together a couple of games and you're like look at this team filled with talent uh, i i can't get a handle on arsenal so how are you feeling about them yeah it has been a definitely an emotional roller coaster of a season where uh fairly new manager a uh, mm. former player, you know, so a guy that when he was playing for the Gunners years ago, Mikel Arteta, you thought ma manager material, central midfielder, running the midfielder, running the show kind of guy. And there's a lot of goodwill when he took over. And at the end of last season, they won the FA Cup and really against the odds beating um, Liverpool and Man City on the way to the to the Cup. So and Chelsea. And so it was really stunning. And then they started this year off and it was just dreadful yeah. i mean no i you everything that the typical american says about boring oh, soccer i don't know how you watch <laughs> it that was it yeah no ideas no creativity just dull like i, I like i don't even want to watch it and then they did they they some they put a couple i think you know like it happens sometimes in any sport somebody gets injured something happens a young guy gets to play who's maybe been knocking at the door a little bit and gets a run of games. And all of a sudden he brings this creativity to the game and the team starts to turn around a little bit and score some goals and look more positive. And I think that's what happened. I mean, uh, I guess you can see you guys, like I said, you can see that in any sport, somebody gets a chance and they turn it on. Uh, but then again, you know, they're the red card Kings this year too. So mm -hmm. the rest of the, the rest of the, um, they've got nine red cards mm. and this isn't, you know, Arsenal's not known as a dirty team. If anything, they're known to be a little light, right? right. <laughs> and they've got nine red cards, uh, and the next closest is three. So when you're playing with 10 men, it's kind of hard to win a match, too. 
So, yeah, you're right. It's been all over the place. Um, I think there's still some goodwill, but you can look around at other teams, except for Man City, who just are, have won 16 matches in a row and look like, oh, well, nobody's going to catch these guys. But, you know, Liverpool, perennial powerhouse, just hit the skids. They've had some injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, Man United's been up and down. Chelsea's been up and down. So you can look around and go, well, my team might be kind of back and forth, terrible and fun to watch, but so is everybody else. Yeah, this Except year Man City. Uh, with the English Premier League, there is a, a lot of circulation at the top in, in the front part of the season. A lot of teams got to enjoy you know, seeing themselves at, at, at the top of the table. Um, Tottenham and otherwise. Uh, so I don't know if you have any opinions on that. Like, you know, it, it seems like it used to be basically kind of the same three or four teams just sort of kind of bumping heads and everybody else was far below. But you're, you're seeing a lot of uh, surprising teams show up in that top eight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're looking for entertainment um, and anybody, any weekend, somebody having the chance to win, this can be entertaining. Um, you know, the, the, because of the condensed schedule, because of COVID, they really mm-hmm. condensed the schedule. So the fixtures are just coming. You can, they're playing, everybody's playing twice a week. So that, you know, if somebody, there's been a couple of games postponed. So a couple, a team might play a couple of matches where this team hasn't played yet. So they climb to the top of the table and the transition has been really fast. Um, you can go, you know, uh, Southampton was, top of the table at christmas time i think just before christmas yeah and then a couple weeks last week they lost nine mil yeah. so and they're down back to like 11 yeah so it really has been that kind of year so if you enjoy that anybody can win somebody's there's going to be a match that's seven to four over here and two nil over here it's just been nuts and i think part of it has to do with how many games there are been played and a part of it is you know that just injuries and having to rotate players. It's just been chaos. So is there, are there any clubs that this year that you've been like, I love watching this, this team. I don't have any real connection to them, but they are just fun to watch. Um, any, anybody that you've uh, sort of hooked on with? Well, the, the team that the people have talked about the most that is Leeds United. Heck yeah. Uh, Le- Leeds was uh <laughs> a premier league team and, and, you know, a European champion 20 years ago, they had a great history. Uh, there's, a, I think it's on Amazon. There's a, there's a series about yeah, leagues and they yeah. struggled to back, back to the premiership, which is pretty entertaining. Um, but they came, Marcio Bielsa is their coach, an Argentinian who really has um, like this reputation of like, if I would call it like, if you're talking basketball, fast break, run and gun, press put the pressure on their first two matches of the season i think they won they lost four three and then won four three so if you're looking for excitement one way or the other this team's going to provide it because they're always going to press always going to push they were down to arsenal four nil after 50 minutes the other day and all of a sudden it's four two and you're sitting there on your hands going oh my god (laughs) they're going to come back and tie this game holy crap so they really do have that level of excitement about them. Well, they, um, I, there was a quote from one of the players, I can't remember who, where somebody asked them about the sort of condensed schedule and having to play a lot of games. And they were like, are you kidding? We'd so much rather play games because the practices that he puts us under are <laughs> insane. So yeah, yeah. We, we'll take a game anytime. Yeah, that's an interesting, that's an interesting point because – as much as like, you know, some managers really like to control, have a little bit more control like that. Yeah. So I think part of the reason is if you have a match once a week and you're just playing on the weekends, you've got a manager that can create a new kind of game plan for specifically for that team. If you're playing twice a week and you've got to rest somebody and you're worried about injuries and you're just like, you, you there's not enough time to prepare so you're going to get those varied results. And there is a, there is an American player on leads too. Yeah, Jack Harrison, in yeah. fact. We were talking about Man City earlier, um, a team that struggled a little bit last year, but has been the last five or six years has been fantastic. And they've absolutely just hit their zone. 
Harrison is on loan from Man City. He actually he went mm. straight from the MLS to Man City and then loaned him out to Leeds. And he's been um, yeah, pacing winger, scoring a few goals. Uh, he's really fun to watch, as the whole team is. Yeah, and Leicester City again after mm-hmm. you know a few years ago the shock winning the league. They're up there near the top again, and they have a really fun team to watch as well. They've got a winger named Harvey Barnes, a young Englishman. It's really fun. And Jamie Vardy, who I don't know, he's like 47 now. The man just keeps running circles around everybody and producing. So, like, for us old dudes, seeing guys that age, him uh, and guys like um, – Zlatan, mm-hmm. you know, and Ronaldo being like in their mid to late thirties now and still producing is, is kind of fun too. So it was sort of a surprising press conference to see this week that uh, Jurgen Klopp, the manager of Liverpool, who who did win last year, sort of relinquished the title. They asked, you know, they just, you know, do do you admit that you're probably not going to win this year? And he went, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, which is not really his style kind of, but he's also his style is to say what he's feeling kind of thing. So that, that was surprising. So just talk a little bit about uh, Liverpool and I know injuries has been a big part, but uh, how is it that they find themselves at a place where Jurgen Klopp is kind of saying, yeah, we're probably not going to win it this year. Yeah. Yeah. I think a couple things happened. Um, and you'll see this in, again, in any sport where a team might be good for several years in a row. And but they don't they don't necessarily bring on a lot of new players. They don't rotate and get some new players in to challenge for positions and kind of freshen up the vibe. And I think that was one of the one of the things that went on. So they didn't really bring in some new players. Uh, And then Virgil van Dyke, who's regarded, you know, amongst a lot of people as the best defender in the world, gets gets injured. They basically their top three central defenders are out injured for the season. Yeah. Uh, a couple of the attacking players are a little off. And man, again, a little bit like Leeds, they play a high intensity game. And that's got to be both physically and mentally exhausting. And I think it, with all the fixtures they've played, you know, two years ago, they won the Champions League. Last year, they won the won the Premiership. And they've just played a lot of matches and they just look exhausted. Like even Klopp, you love him. He's usually full of energy. You look at him, he's just like, oh my God, I'm just so tired. Yeah. He, he <laughs> can can we get a break here, please? Well, they they did bring in uh, Tiago. And I know that Liverpool fans have been saying, like, he's not really the guy that we need. Like, he's much more of a, a, of a kind of a Pirlo, like a... a like likes to control the ball, likes to have everything come through him, and he does very um, precise passes. Whereas, like Liverpool is usually like that kind of run and gun team. There's no real like central command post. Uh, what do you th- feel about that read on it? Because I've been seeing some uh, some dissatisfied Liverpool fans about Tiago specifically. I can't say his last name. Um, so just saying Tiago, like Alcantara yeah, or something. Yeah, that's what he's known as. Yeah, it's true. I think this has happened for a couple clubs too. You sometimes bring in a player who's just got a great reputation, is fantastic, mm. has had some great years, and everybody, nobody would question his skill level. Um, but he doesn't quite fit the system that Liverpool play. That tempo, mm. he's smooth, great on the ball, but that tempo is just not quite his game so yeah it has been a little bit of a square peg situation with him yeah um i'll go back to my gunners um they brought in um pepe last year yeah Uh, he was in a counter-attacking position playing in france and was just had an unbelievable year and they brought him in and it just took him a long time he to settle in find that position and really work he's had a few good games in a row now but you can see sometimes a great player just isn't the right fit for a great team or because the system's different. So I did want to talk about Man City, who now uh, sits atop the table, and uh, it'll be hard to uh, knock him off. And uh, just, yeah, same thing. So this is a team that, you know, this is a team I root for. I, don't, I do not go back 10, 20, 30 years. Like about five, six years ago, I decided to start watching Premier League, and it was the season where they sort of kind of flipped first with Man U in that one game. Like, they scored a goal, and then 
Manchester United scored a goal, meaning that they were going to win. But then, like, Manchester City scored with, like, a minute left in their game. So I was like, I like this team. And I've always loved Vincent Company, and I'm sad that he's gone. Mm-hmm. But, uh, wow, just to see a team figure it out. Because, um, you know, earlier in the season, I was watching them, and I was just so frustrated. They would control the ball for most of the time, and they would just move it gorgeously other than actually into the, the net. And I was right. like, find someone to score, please? And they did. Uh, who is this player? So, Gerdewan, am I pronouncing his name? Gund- right? Yeah, Gundawan. Yeah, Gundawan. He's amazing. Um, played by Willie Rapoli in the uh, made-for-TV movie <laughs> from Asheville. Um, but uh, he's exactly what I was hoping for. Just like, I don't know how he does it. He's just sort of around the net and founds a, finds a way to just – put in the rebounds or make a, a just a, a, you know, I'm just so happy that he has come involved. I looked him up. He's actually been with the team for a while. Yeah. I, I just don't remember him being featured like this. Yeah. Yeah. Interestingly enough, he's been played more in a, uh, he's in a less advanced role. He's been yeah. played more like a, a slightly deeper line player. Um, but you're right, man city. I mean, Guardiola is a great manager, but he's really figured it out. He's, he's rested players. He's rotated players. He's got that right mix, correct mix of mm-hmm. youth and experience. And Gundawan's been around for a while. And I, I think when a system is so good, when everybody's clicking, that you can yeah. just put another part in there and it works. Like Tiago would be fantastic on that on oh, City. Yeah. Can you imagine <laughs> him in City? He, he would be perfect. Yeah. And no, if, it's if great. Aguero and gets healthy, all, all without Kevin De Bruyne, who's been hurt for yeah. a while. Um, their leading score the last several years has played like 10 minutes all year because yeah. he was injured and then sick. So they, this team looks like they are they set are up so satisfying to watch. They're just so efficient. Great yeah. uh, goalkeeping. Uh, Ederson, is that his mm-hmm. last name? Um, yeah, got, got an assist in the last game. That was really awesome. Oh my gosh! Yeah, what a From pass his, that was. You know, penalty box area and and finds Garduan on the run, and you're like, oh my god. Um, and yeah, just also the they, they just don't give up goals. You know, they have nine, yeah. ten clean sheets now at this point, kind of thing. Um, clean sheets is a term for when you don't, you know, give up any any uh, scores. They're they're just incredible in their efficiency. Um, but yeah, just they lost a game to Liverpool earlier in the season where like you had the ball all game and yet they scored two goals, we only scored one. How did that happen? And they've just yeah. found a way to reverse that trend. Yeah, and that's the the, the the biggest thing that they struggled with. I think, like you said, you mentioned Vincent Company. He left a couple of years ago, and they hadn't really found that defensive solidity, that replacement for him. And now that they have, uh, man, they're just they're you're right. They're a joy to watch. Um, uh, you got to admire them, even if you can't root for them. Do it too. We are back here on Steve Sack Syndrome. We are talking about soccer slash football with Jeff Carnavale. Um, and yeah, we've been talking about the Premier League, um, which we know the three of us love. But we also have a special sauce that is the Champions League that we love. Just a reminder for folks who are listening, that is um, a round-robin tournament that happens over the course of the of the sort of regular football season where the top teams of all the different um, leagues in Europe will um, will play in a, in a different tournament and to sort of uh, uh, figure out who is the best team in Europe. So you have the top clubs from Spanish um, league, Italian league, French league, English league, German league, and then Turkish leagues, other other Russian, kind leagues, of, yeah. Russian leagues. Yeah, it gets pretty fun. So um, there have been a, a couple of months of, of break, but we're about to to turn to the round of 16. Did I get that right? Yes. You did. Yep. Uh, round of 16 starts back up. Uh, we filmed this on Monday, so they started up on Tuesday. The 16th will be the, the first pair of matches. There'll be uh, four games this week. Um, the other four games next week, and then they'll, they'll do the home and home version of those same pairings in a couple weeks. And so, and remind me, I because of the weirdness that happened 
last year we had a break with all soccer and then Champions League came back in the summer. I can't even really remember who won because they had the thing in August, right? right. Like the final in yeah. August. Bayern Munich won it. Going Bayern away. Munich, yeah. They were clearly the, the best team by that point. You know, whatever yeah. combination of elements, they just seemed so much better than everybody else. That may still be true. Uh, and I, I look to Jeff for that confirmation. But yeah, wow, they, they just looked uh, untouchable when they got to the finals. Yeah, they still are the team to beat. They they they're they're very strong. They beat uh, Paris Saint Germain in the in the final last year, uh, and they just look super strong again. Um, always a team that that uh, keep always rebuilding, always adding talent, uh, and they got one of the best strikers, if not the best striker in the world, in Robert Lewandowski. Um, a name who everybody would know better if there wasn't a guy named Messi and Ronaldo right now. Yeah. Any other generation, this guy could have been the player of his generation. He's he in twenty in nineteen matches so far in the Bundesliga this year. He scored twenty four times. Yeah, it's just it's unreal score, averaging more than a goal a game. Uh, so yeah, they're 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 looking very very strong again. Uh, they will be there in the next round of games. They're matched up against uh, Lazio. Uh, from Italy, Lazio's sixth or seventh in Italy right now. If you're looking for a game where you know you want to, you're somebody wants to lay down. I'm gonna guarantee one team's going through. I would say this is a, this is a big matchup for Bayern to be to to go through. Um, and I, I know we were talking about the transition from American football to football, but there's a bunch of Americans mm. playing in the Champions League, which I think is really mm. exciting for us. I mean, the round of 16, there's seven Americans on these clubs, and most of whom are getting some minutes, which is just unusual. And which, you know, we'll talk about the World Cup in that, you know, in the coming year or two. Uh, but it's really exciting to have this many Americans participating. Chris Richards plays for Bayern. Um, so he's bound to get some minutes. Uh, the big marquee matchup is Tuesday is tomorrow is, um, is, is the names it's, um, Barcelona against PSG. Yeah. Um, so you're talking about two rich clubs with just all so much talent. You got Messi, uh, you know, and, and, uh, and Ramos and all these, and, uh, I'm sorry. And all these guys at Barcelona and you got ne- Neymar and Mbappe uh in at psg and uh neymar is actually injured and he's not gonna yeah. play um so that kind of takes it down a notch but this is like the glamour matchup and they're, they're teams on different arcs like psg made their first finals appearance last year so they're a little bit on the upswing they just changed managers they got pochettino managing them which is pretty exciting where barcelona's got all these off-field troubles with finances and everything partly to do to covid so it remained that remains a marquee matchup just because of the level of talent in there. And I will remind you, four years ago, in they were matched up in the first round in Paris. PSG won four nil. Mm. They went to Barcelona for the second leg, and Barcelona won six to one. Flipped a four nil around, which yes. is unbelievable. That so we got that. that was, yeah, the way that works is yeah, you do like a home and home, and you do an aggregate score. So basically, what is your combined score? And if for any reason there's a tie, you get more points for scoring on the opponent's um, yeah, away goals. Scoring on your own, yeah. Um, yeah, that's great. Uh, we, we talked about Ronaldo. Uh, see, always seems to be in the mix. Um, no longer playing for a Spanish club, but now playing for Juventus. Um, and they'll be matched up against Porto. But uh, Juventus also features an American, right? Weston McKenney. Yeah. Again, when these guys signed for these huge clubs, I, I got to admit that I thought, well, it's nice that they're getting to play with these huge clubs. And, and but are they going to get any minutes? And sure enough, these guys are producing. They're playing in these games, scoring goals uh, and creative. So, yeah, McKinney's bound to play uh, Porto, you know, historically a great team. But you got to think Juve's got the edge there. Um, the other early games, you got RB Leipzig versus Liverpool. Uh, again, kind of two teams on different swings. Mm-hmm. RP Leipzig, uh, they're in second place in the Bundesliga. They got this young talent. Um, believe it or not, their defenders is who you talk about more. Mm-hmm. Angelino, leading scorer in the group stages for them, a defender. Up Umpa Campo, 
who is going, you're going to hear his name because he's going to be playing for one of the big, big clubs next year, whether it's <laughs> Chelsea or Man United or Man City. He's the, the, Somebody's going to snap him up next year. Um, so that's going to be an interesting one. I'm guessing that's going to be a fun match. There's going to be some goals in that one. I bet so. But that's the beauty of the Champions League, whereas yeah, Liverpool's have, having a tough uh, attempt to you know defend their crown in the Premier League. But if they can somehow find a way to string together some good matches and, and find themselves in the quarterfinals, semifinals, and somehow pull off a you know Champions League title, um, some might consider that even a better year. Yeah, yeah. And they have traditionally been very good in this competition. Not as good as Real Madrid, who won it like 13 times, twice as many as anybody else. But Liverpool has historically been good in this tournament. So, yeah, I'd never count them out. That should be a fun one to watch. Well, and they did win two years ago. Liverpool did the Champions League. So um, is there a team that you might consider a dark horse to win it all? I mean, I know we've talked about the biggies, uh, Barca and PSG and uh, Bayern Munich. Um, maybe Liverpool might be considered a dark dark horse at this stage just because of how they're doing this year uh, in um, in the domestic league. Um, any any dark horses, long shots that you think? You know, as strange as this year's been and, and how many upsets and stuff, this, this tournament tends not to have yeah. an outsider win it. It's yeah. just that level. Um, I think you're going to see some teams that are a lot of fun to watch. Mm. Borussia Dortmund, mm-hmm. uh, they have some young talent. Gino Reyna, Gino uh, uh, Ramos, another, um, I'm sorry, Gino, Gio Reyna, another American um, who is in a in, in Holland, uh, the uh, the striker. Oh, Erling uh, Holland, yeah. Erling Holland, 20 years old or something like that, just taken the league by storm as well. So lots of exciting young talent at Dortmund. Uh, Jeff, if I can jump in about that matchup. What, what is it about Sevilla? I've been reading some, they talk about they have a really frustrating style um, that they're like, everybody expects Dortmund to win, but Sevilla has this sort of unorthodox approach that just might frustrate them. Can you tell me anything about yeah. that? Yeah, it is interesting. So Sevilla is the, they're the outlier in Spain, right? Mm. So we got the big Spanish clubs. We got Barca, we got Real, and we got Atletico Madrid. And then Sevilla is this, this, they're the, the pesky little club that, that gets in there and, and finishes fourth and just causes everybody trouble. There's probably not a single player on that team that anybody can name, mm. but together they they really play a, 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 a tough defensive kind of game and they, they, you know, try to nip a goal on a counterattack. So they can't open teams up. Um, that would, that one will be interesting. The other team that like the, the, if you want a team to root for and you want that underdog to go for it's at Atlanta. Mm. There another Italian club had a really great year last year. Totally fun. They they will run and gun to they'll go after it and they're matched up against Real Madrid mm. who at this point seem like the stodgy old timers, right? <laughs> right. And yeah. you got Atlanta who's going to just they're going to provide fun. So it's like it's like the evil empire is getting taken on by like the, the team that all the hipsters love to watch and, you know, they get the cool coach and everything. So that's an interesting matchup too. So you got everybody will be rooting for Atalanta to go. And that's a team that could knock a couple people out too. Uh, Jeff, you were mentioning, you know, Americans, this is probably the American that most people do know, but Chelsea is involved. So you have, uh, mm-hmm. is he, is he healthy enough to play these days? Yeah. He's been in and out of the lineup a little bit. Um, but, uh, he, he has, when he plays, he's been good, uh, I'll say. And they did just have a manager managerial change there. They got yeah. old, they got rid of Frank Lampard club legend, but not doing so well, uh, managing this team and the former PSG manager, uh, Tuchel just took over. So he's kind of instituted a slightly different formation. So he's been rotating. So it's still hard to see. It's hard to know who he's going to play. But he does know Pulisic from his time in Germany. Yeah. And I, I, he is I, – I, Pulisic, yeah, one of the best American players. I would suspect that he, if, if healthy, he'll be out there. And they're playing Atletico Madrid. 
So talk about a team that's difficult to play against. Yeah. <laughs> Simeone has a very well-drilled team there. Uh, they're tough to break down. And they've got this great combination of strikers. They got the the aged Luis Luis Suarez and the very young Yao Felix yeah. up front. It's like a 33 year old and a 19 year old up front <laughs> in that attacking. So it's a kind of a nice balance there too. That match could be interesting, or it could be a scoreless draw. Uh, but it, I bet if it's a scoreless draw, it'll probably still be one of the more entertaining <laughs> scoreless draws that you might get. Well, it is true. Like um, Champions League has that. Um that ability to bring together different teams with different styles of play that aren't used to playing one one another. Like when we watch English Premier League, you know, Leicester City knows exactly what Manchester United is trying to do. Whereas like these teams really don't know much, especially on the first, first leg of the home and home. So it's pretty fun to watch because sometimes they are just like going, just going for it, trying to get as many goals as possible. So yeah, if you're looking for excitement and styles and I, I'm guessing there's going to be very little fans there. Is that, is that what we're, we're yeah, logistically it's a very strange thing. And, and, and actually the, uh, the um, British teams, uh, they can't travel some of the other That's countries. Right. So uh, Chelsea and Atletico Madrid are playing Romania. Oh, yeah. Uh, because they can both tr- travel there. RB Leipzig and Liverpool are playing in Budapest, Hungary. Um, so the logistical stuff is interesting. At this point, I, I would have thought it might have been easier if you had to play in a neutral stadium just yeah. to do a one-off. Yeah. So you're not traveling as much. Um, but that's, you know. <laughs> but, you know, it's all about the money to some degree, too. And they want those two matches. But, yeah. Uh, uh, Jeff, that will add a level of interest too. Lastly, I got to ask you. So, uh, Man City uh, maybe just be happy that they're doing well in the Premier League, but they do find themselves in the Sweet Sixteen, and they're going up against a team that's just fun to say, uh, Mönchengladbach. <laughs> um, and I don't know if yes. you have any idea about that German team. Uh, again, a team that last year had a fantastic season. This year, they've settled in a little bit. Um, I would expect, expect Man City to do well. And for Guardiola, the manager at Man City, he's won everything everywhere he's gone. This is his white whale to win yeah. the Champions League with Man City. So um, whether he puts more pressure on himself than he can manage or not, we'll see. But you know Man City's really going to be pushing hard to win this tournament this year. Yeah. And they're just so deep. So it'll be interesting to see how he rotates his players for – domestic league and champions league well uh jeff this was so great to talk about this so yeah we are excited to go ahead and uh, shift from football to football um <laughs> and know that it is as it all starts uh, tomorrow with champions league and then premier league on the weekends and hooray hooray uh but thanks for giving us a sense of matches matchups to be excited for players to look for and just we we feel no deficit now, knowing what's in front of us. <laughs> My pleasure. And if you want a little combination of the football, football, may I recommend tuning in to the to Ted Lasso? Yes. What a wonderful show! Really funny American football coach that goes to England to, to manage a, a soccer team. Really fun show. So go check that out if you can. It's it's great pandemic viewing. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, Jeff, thanks so much. It was great having you on. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, yes. Okay, we've uh, again our thanks to Jeff for coming on talking about football. We've got Champions League starting up again this week. Um, so we um, we've got just a couple of minutes left. We turn to our friend Lindsey Buckingham um, <laughs> from, from What's Up with That. Uh, Tom, we've got thirty seconds for the Australian Open. We do. No, Australian Open is on now, and it's fantastic. Yeah. I was fortunate enough to do a free trial of the Fubo app because yes. I wanted to watch the, the Man City uh, Liverpool game. Um, and then I realized, oh, this gives me access to a lot of sports uh, stations, including uh, ESPN2, which is carrying the uh, Australian Open. And so I got to see a lot of it this weekend. It's, it's Yeah, it's so entertaining. It was very specific to see mm. earlier in the week they had fans and there was a match uh, of Nick Kyrgios, who is mm-hmm. Australian, uh, versus Dominique Team, who won the U.S. Open last year. Five-set match, crazy fans, and then the next day, nothing. 
because <laughs> Australia is very specific about their response to local blackouts. Yeah. So, you know, a state will just be like five days until we know where it is. Nothing. Um, so it was just from one day to the next. It was a reminder of what was, what can be, but what is still. Um, but yeah, I, I love watching it. Love watching Rafa Nadal and Serena Williams continue to win at this stage. And uh, yeah, just a, a lot of things. But there's actually reason for Scott Bunn to watch a little Australian. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, the daughter of the two owners of the Buffalo Bills and the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, those owners are uh, Terry Pagula um, and uh, his wife, who I'm blanking on right now. But their um, their daughter is Jessica Pagula, who has now advanced to the quarterfinals. Uh, I haven't been able to see her play. Tom, have you been able to see her play? Just in highlights, but yes, she is. A, uh, this is the farthest an unranked American female player has gone since Serena did, maybe back in 07 or you know, going back a while. So yeah, this was completely unexpected, and that is the nice thing. So women's tennis can be a little specific to watch. Mm. You will just see players kind of break down. They'll just have a, a mental breakdown that you don't always see. But one nice thing is you will just see a player kind of catch fire. Um, yeah. And she is just having a great run of games and uh, and hooray for her. Yeah. Uh, and the uh, Terry Pagula and Kim Pagula yes. are her parents who are uh, the owners of the Bills and the Sabres. This is Jessica Pagula. So, you know, great for her. I am interested to see if you're going to sneak um, a monthly payment of Fubo into your accounting and just be like, hey, Tab, we get tennis. Just uh, say I did not. It is uh, an upper tier expense. <laughs> okay, got it. Yeah. Um, it's a little harder to slide that one in. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you're patient, you can watch the games and replay on the ESPN app the next day, which is fine because it yeah. happens in the middle of the night. So it's it's not that, that hard to uh, swing around. Uh, but no, very entertaining. I, I've always said I, I feel tennis on TV is just so engaging and it does make you feel like, like you're there. Um, yeah. even if their fans aren't there. Um, yeah. So, yay, Australian Open. Well, that's great. Um, good uh, good sports stuff this week. We've got a, a lot of stuff coming up. Um, uh, but we do um, like to uh, reserve this time at the end of our show to say goodbye to folks who have lost this week. We've lost this week. Uh, we did hear the news that former NFL wide receiver Vincent Jackson for the Chargers and the Buccaneers uh, uh, was found dead. Um, that was certainly uh, tragic news. They were yeah, nice. Really hard to, a great player, but a lot of the talk also was, so he played for San Diego in Tampa Bay. Is that right? Yep. Um, uh, how much presence he had in the community. Yeah. You know, that, that, that never gets enough. I mean, hooray for touchdowns and you know, yeah. yards after catch and all that kind of stuff. But there's also community oh. impact, which yeah. uh, those who knew say that he, he had a lot of. So, yeah, that's particularly sad. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week.